Here's a great quote as we talk about today, we're talking about maybe another nerve point for some, I don't want it to be, but about giving, about giving. We're not just gonna hit one area of giving. I think a lot of times when you hear about giving, it's just, we want your money. Here's the deal, I don't want your money unless God's, God has put it on your heart to give because then you're giving out of a completely different uh, vein than what we really wanna hit today. But here's a great quote. In the economy of God, no matter how much time, talents, or treasures that you may find it in your heart to give or share, you will never be able to outgive God or pay him back for all that he has done for you. Like you could try all day long. Like you could have, you could, you could be a millionaire, right? And you could try like crazy just to say, man, God, I just want to pay you back. I just want to pay you back for all that you've done. You would never, ever be able to give God back all that he's due. You would never be able to even outgive God or to outserve him. And so, man, if we listen to what he's calling us to give or what he's calling us to do or how he's calling us to serve, and we jump into that, Man, it's awesome. If you're here today and you believe you are giving and you are serving in exactly the capacity that God's called you to, amen. And we're, we're down for it. That's where I want you to be. I want you to be in that sweet spot. I want you to be in that, in that spot where you feel at ease. Not, not at ease, because I, I think a lot of people come to Jesus and they want to feel at ease. I want to be comfortable. Do you think the disciples were comfortable? Like some people, I, just, I want it to be easy following Jesus. Jesus died on a cross, right? So, so if you come to church and you think that it just, it's easier when I come to church, like we're missing that completely altogether. Like, but there's blessing in that. There's, there's this amazing opportunity where you get to look more like your savior when you serve somebody, when you use your talents. These guys up here, man, they are definitely using their talents to be able to do it. Those guys back there, they are using their talents. Our adults that are in the gym, they are using their gifts and talents to love kids. The guys out in the parking lot that they can smile and wave you in and, and, and it's 110 out there and they still got a smile and they're still waving you in and they come in here and they come to join you in worship. Like it's not like they're out there and like they're taking a smoke break now, right? They're out there and they're serving and they love doing that. And then almost every one of those guys will also be in here as soon as we're done and they'll be taking down all of these pieces. Why? Because they have a vested interest in what goes on here. They want to see God show up in a, in a phenomenal way, and they want you and they want your friends, they want people that you don't even know yet that can be your friends, they want them to walk into this great environment where people can experience Christ. That's what we're here for every week. And so if you're here and you're like, man, I want to be a part of that, jump in. Don't wait for this, this maybe uh, very formal invitation. Braley, would you like to come and serve? Like, don't wait for that. Like, just jump in. And if somebody is rude to you when you try to jump in, please come tell me. Because I want us to be able to work together and to have fun in this, okay? So today, let's talk about time. Some of you are like, okay, great. He didn't start with money. Let's start with time. Here's lie number one. The devil would love nothing more than for you to, to live by this. My time is my time, and I can do what I want to with it. Tell me, you're like, whoa, it's not? <laughs> I wish that I could tell you that you had all of the time in the world, but as I sat through, like I said earlier, as I sat through the funeral of a 47-year-old mom of five yesterday, five young ladies under the age of 20, like I would have loved to have been able to tell Kelly, Kelly, man, you've got all the time in the world. I would love to be able to tell you, you've got all of the time in the world, but you don't. You only have whatever time that God has allotted you for. 
If you're sitting here, and I think a lot of times teenagers, I know I was that way when I was a teenager. I was like, I was, man, I got all the time in the world. I can do what I want to do. I can go where I want to go until Sally Wells said, no, you don't, right? But at the end of the day, we are all on borrowed time. God's borrowed time. No matter how young or how old you are, you have a day, a moment in time where you take your last breath And I gotta be honest, the way that my mom went out, the way that my dad went out, you can have the best doctors, nurses, whatever in the room, and if it's your time to go, God trumps the best doctors and the best nurses. So we're all on borrowed time. Nobody got up, walked out mad, like it's just the truth. It's just the truth. And I think when you go to a funeral, like you just, you're reminded of that again. The death toll is still 100%. And I've said this before, there are no U-Hauls on the back of any hearse that goes to the cemetery. There wasn't yesterday. Long line of people, family members who loved and supported Kelly, but there was not a a U-Haul on the back of that. What you have, you do not take with you. So the best things to leave behind are the memories. The best thing that leaves behind is your legacy of who Christ is in your life. The best ways that you served while you were on this planet. Those are the things that matter the most here and there. The things that you do for the Lord, those are the only things that you are making investments now in heaven. Your family, the people closest to you, your friendships. Those investments as you reach out to Jesus and you say, Jesus, help me here Those are the investments that get to go into heaven. Man, we don't get to take anything else with us. So you might be working for a paycheck, the best home, the best car, the best boat, all of those things. I got to ride on one of the, probably the most expensive boats in the area this week. That person does not get to take that boat with them, right? Nothing against the boat. I want to go on that boat all the time. I got to ride in the Wave Runner. It was so much fun. But those things, when they pass, they stay here. What are you doing for the Lord in the time that you've got? Truth number one, time belongs to God and you and I are on his time, not your own, not your own. Time is a great, it's the greatest equalizer for all of us in the human race. It really is. We all have the exact same amount of time each day. It's not like somebody else woke up this morning and had more time than you today. You might have woken up a a little bit later than somebody else, but we still all have the exact same time allotted to us. Now, we don't have all the the same amount of time in general, like as far as how many years are on the planet. I just got to be thinking about that this week, just how important that that really is. Ever look at the things people do and think, well, I guess they have more time on their hands than I do? Have you seen maybe some of their posts and you're like, for real, you got way more time on your hands than I do. The the case is really not that they're just maybe wasting some of their time or whatever, but we all have the exact same amount of time. You look at it, we all have the same amount of time, 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, 86,400 seconds for each of us every day. It's on you and me to decide with the Lord and his wisdom, what are we going to do with it? Some people, man, you're sitting here, maybe you're going, man, I just don't feel like I'm as close to the Lord as, as I used to be. What are you doing with your time? Are you spending time in the, in, the, in, the, in the word? Are you spending time maybe with other believers and getting that encouragement? Are you spending time praying? Are you talking to him? Like, like I can't help you any more than you are ready and, and, and ready to, to jump in and to take those things on. So if you look at even with my mom, my mom passed away when she was 56. I thought my mom was young when she passed away. Kelly blew that out of the water uh, with, with breast cancer and then losing that battle to cancer. 47, almost 48, I guess, years of age. 
She was born in 1973. That's so close to home for me. I was born in 1970, and so I'm sitting there and I'm looking like, not everybody has the, the exact same amount of time on the earth. We all have the exact same amount of time each day, but we don't always have. My dad was born in 1941, died in 2009, 67 years old. Some people, if you're older uh, than 67, you're going, well, that's young. You know, and in my head when he passed away, I was like, well, he lived a great life, right? Um, uh, Papa was born 1960, died in 2003. He was 87 years old. So even, even dad didn't have as much time as my papa did, right? Um, keeps going on. My, 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 dad, my granddad on the other side, he was 88 years old. And I would venture to say that if you were to interview them today, that they would have all told you, man, I had a great time while I was here on this planet. And my bet is, is that all of them would have loved to have had more time to be with family, but once they entered into heaven, once they, once they left from here and went to heaven, my bet is they would have cared less to have ever had another minute here, as much as they loved you. Why? Because they are now experiencing all that they were ever created for there, and they used their time as much as they could, to my knowledge, to watch them. They did a great job. But even the writer of Ecclesiastes, look at Ecclesiastes chapter three. It says this, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, time to be born and a time to die, time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. Time to tear, time to sow, time to keep silent, time to speak. Don't you wish some people would learn that one a little bit more? I wish I could learn that one a little bit. But a time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent, a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Then James chapter four says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Man, in the scope of all of eternity, our time on this planet is so minuscule compared to all of eternity. So it matters what we do here. It matters what we do with our time. It matters the people that we put into our life. And so many times I believe this, that in our time, we listen to some people more so, uh, people who we shouldn't be listening to. If they're not believers and you're a believer and you're listening to these non-believers in your life and you're getting wisdom from them more than you're getting wisdom from other believers or even from scripture and from God, and that's time that is wasted. That is time that is wasted. If you're talking about spiritual matters, man, you need to hang out with spiritual people. You need to hang out with those who are godly and who care about God's word. Are you investing your time in the things that will last for all of eternity? It matters. Second part that I'd love for us to talk about is talents. And I look around the room and, and uh, I know that if I went out and I tried to play basketball against Avery, Avery's gonna smoke me with three-pointers galore. And I know if I go out and I try to play volleyball, there are volleyball players in this room that are gonna kill me. I know there are golfers that are in this room that if I go out and were to even try to golf, your talent and how much time you've spent out there, like you're gonna, you're gonna kill me on the course. There's some guys in here who played football back in the day, like, and the talent to be able to pull all of that off. I couldn't do one thing that's up here. Not one thing. I could not play these drums like Dugan. I can't sing or play the guitar like Michael. Like I can't do any of those things. I could try. 
I could spend a lot of time to try to get to that. If, if all of you knew really how much time Michael has been actually playing a guitar, y'all would be tripping out right now. But he learned it. Like it was something that he said, I'm going to take this, I'm going to learn it, I'm going to do it. And it became an amazing talent for us. Man, how blessed are we? Uh, I would put that uh, worship right there that we just experienced up against any church around here that has time to practice week in and week out. Like they are doing a phenomenal job, but it's this talent. Athletes, musicians, teachers, doctors, all of you are very amazingly talented people. You possess, uh, you possess so much that I don't have. I can't jump into, <laughs> you don't want me to jump into uh, the surgery room when you need to have surgery on any part of your, like you don't want me to go, oh yeah, cut right there, cool. Like you don't want me doing that, right? You want somebody who is trained. You want somebody who knows what they're doing. You don't want me to lead the orchestra, right? Because I have never led an orchestra. Like you don't want me to do that. But when you figure out how God has gifted and talented you to do those things, like it's amazing when you put all of those things together. Here's the constant battle for those who care most about their talents. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Matthew 23, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbled himself will be exalted. 1 John 2, 16, for all that is in the world the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Like if we hang on our talents to get us far in life, like pride can be that thing that gets in the way. Pride can be that thing that would say, oh man, I'm better than these people. Y'all look out because here I come. Like pride could so easily get in the way of things. But truth number two, if your talents are more important than your spiritual gifts, God may never get the glory that he deserves from your life. Did you catch that? And we, if we talked about spiritual gifts, every one of you in this room as a believer, you were at least given one spiritual gift. So, man, if we craft our talent, right, if we work hard on our talent and we do those things really, really well, how much more should we spend time on that spiritual gift craft that God has given us? To be able to serve him and to be able to serve this kingdom, the church, man, we should be able to do that and, and to do it really, really well. Those are the gifts uh, to be used for his fame and his glory. Look at Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship. Have you ever thought about how you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. What's the last good work you did for him? Not asking for you to holler it out at me, but what is the last great thing that you can remember? God called you to it, you showed up and you did it. My bet is, is that you, when you were in that moment, you loved it. You were having so much fun. Why? Because God gifted you. He gave you that ability, that talent, and then he sh you showed up and you do it, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. How many times maybe do we dodge some of those good deeds, those good opportunities that God's throwing our way? Man, we kind of dodge them like, like oh, missed that one. <laughs> didn't, have to, didn't have to work in that one, right? Here's the deal. Talents versus spiritual gifts. Talents, gifts from God, whether we believe it or not. I believe every great gift that you have, I believe God given you the ability inside of your body to learn how to shoot like Avery, right? To be able to hit the ball like some of these ladies right here, to be able to catch a ball, throw a ball in football. Like there's so many great talents to be able to play these instruments. Spiritual gifts are for sure gifts from God. Those, sometimes these, these talents, these are gifts that we use for our own glory, uh, for our own pleasure at times, but our spiritual gifts, like those should, I think once you get into them, those are things that are going to give you great pleasure as well because you're, you're pleasing God 
and you're working for him. Talents, they should be used on behalf of others. Talents, they are the result of training, maybe even genetics. They can be possessed by anyone, maybe. They, as believers, should be used for his glory. You know, you see the guy catching the, the touchdown pass and throws one out, right? Like, like, it should be a little bit more than that, right? Like, we should live our lives every day grateful for the great talents that God's given us, but spiritual gifts should be used on behalf of his church. Spiritual gifts are the result of the Holy Spirit's power. Depending on which, pack, which uh, passage of Scripture, seven to nine specific gifts that God's given to us as believers that then go to help the kingdom, the body of Christ, and then other people get in on all of those kinds of things. But they, the spiritual gifts can only be possessed by believers. Only believers, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's how that works. Now let's talk about treasures. Let's talk about treasures. Lie number three, my money is my money and I can do with it whatever I want to do with it. Well, as a believer, I would say, you probably need to take that one in and reconsider it. If you're here today and you're not a believer, man, I don't believe that there's anybody out there telling you what you should be able to do with your money, but I'll tell you this, those who are believers in the room who give and who, who serve and who do all of those things, my bet is, is that their life is more complete maybe than yours because they're giving to something that's bigger than themselves. Maybe some of you, you're here and you give to charities, you give to other pieces of the puzzle, but, but there's one piece that Jesus said that we need to be giving to, that the Bible speaks greatly that we need to be giving to, and it's his church. And I said it last week, church, it's plan A. And there is no plan B. Plan A, church, believers, jumping in, doing what God has done for you, being able to give it back. So here's truth number three. If money is little K, king in your life, Jesus will never be big K, king of your life. Money will be. Money, stuff, things. What can I attain? What can I, what can I wow everybody with? So today the, the, the question is, man, how do, how do I view money? How do I, how do I view my treasures? Is it, is it big K king in your life or is it little K king in your life? The Bible tells us that we can't serve two masters, right? I think a lot of times we take it when we're, maybe those of us who have less money, we look at it and we go, oh, money is the root of all evil. And you look at others as like, like you, you kind of take it like money is evil. No, it's not money that's evil. The love of money, the love of anything in, in exorbitant amounts, right? That's where we get sidetracked. That's where things go wrong. Look at Proverbs 23, 4, keeping money in perspective. Proverbs 23 says, do not toil to acquire wealth. 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 10 says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Talking about things that, that God never intended them for, to go through, but because of their intense desire for more and to want more, that insatiable, that insatiable desire that never gets filled by anything. Although we're trying and trying and trying. I said it earlier, we're plan A. Church is plan A. So in those moments and times, maybe you gave at some point in time to a church and you're like, uh, man, then they just started doing some 
really weird things. I didn't believe in what they were doing. I didn't, I didn't believe in how they were investing money or what they were doing. Like, I, I would love to have a conversation with you, not to try to get you to, to give here, but just to let you know that if that was ever a plan for you, and here's what that looks like. Here's, here's where our money goes. Here's what we're doing with that. And our money is, is going to help the ministry here, but it's also going clear across the ocean to help uh, find every one of those people groups that are on the planet that don't have someone to tell them about Jesus Christ. I would say that's a pretty noble effort because the Bible says that until all are able to hear it, Jesus isn't coming back. Guess what? I want him to come back. Let's put somebody in every one of those people groups that doesn't have somebody because I'm ready for him to come back. Are you? That's where your money's going when you give here. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And there may be days and moments that you've given and you're like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pay my rent or pay my house note. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pay my car note this year. But my bet is, is that when you went ahead and you gave God first, my bet is, is that he's met most all of your needs every time. I can say that from Brooke, I can say that from, from, from the Wells family for God, like it's not even an option. Like I, I have set it up at the church, man, take this out first and give it back to the church. Why? Because I believe in the church. I believe in what we're doing as a church. I believe in, in our goal and, and, and the things that we have in front of us to love people and to make Christ known and to, and to let those people know who he is. Those things are of utmost importance. If you don't know how to give, where to give, look at James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Man, ask God, God, where should I give this money? Maybe you got a great inheritance or whatever and you're trying to figure out, okay, what part of this should I give? And the beautiful thing, even if you used the Old Testament tithe, right? Even if you went back and you said, okay, if this is a good ballpark on what God wants. Like even if you looked at that, aren't you glad that he only asked for a tenth? Aren't you glad that he only said, hey, give a tenth? He could have, why? Because he's God. He could have very easily said, you get to live off 10, give me 90. He didn't do that. So even in that, there's a, there's a way to look at that with, with a grateful attitude, a grateful heart. But you look at your life and you think about, man, how much is he asking for me in my life? And I gotta say this, I believe God wants all of you. He wants all of your time. He wants all of your talents. And he wants all of your treasures. So where you're at right now, where you're about to venture into school, how will you use your time? How will you use your talents? How will you use your treasures for him where you're at? Hopefully it's to love people. Hopefully it's to point your teammates. Hopefully it's to point your, your, your roommates, uh, your, your, your classmates. Hopefully it's to point all of those people to who Christ is. Because if it's not, who are you living for? And if it's just for you, I love you, you're awesome. But you're not Jesus. I'm not Jesus. But if we can point those people to who he is and give them a reason for the hope that we have, give them a reason for the money that we, we spend uh, our money on these things, like if we can give them that kind of hope, then my bet is, is that you're using your time, you're using your talents, and you're using your treasures for the greatest possible good that you could. And today, today isn't a, a day for you to say, man, okay, okay, here, I'll start giving. That's, that's not what today is. Today is, and just spend time with the Lord. And ask him, God, am I doing the best with my talent? 
Am I doing the best with my time? And am I doing the best with my treasures? Because that really is part of, all three of those are part of being a part of this church, being a part of any church. And we would love nothing more than for you to jump in. Next week, we'll get to see the effects of people giving of their time, their talents, and their treasures. We'll get to see some get baptized in here. I can't wait. Literally one of my most favorite things to do is to see people get baptized. Because I believe then they're, they're, really, they're really honing in on what Christ is calling them to do. If you're here today, heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you would say, man, Ken, all of my time is spent on me. All of my talents spent on me and all of my treasures spent on me. I just want to tell you, you're missing out on some of the greatest blessings that you will ever, ever know when you're able to use those things for the Lord. If you're here today and you would say, man, can I have never given my life fully to Christ? I've, I've never, maybe until today, when we were taking the Lord's Supper, something that was said today, I've never fully understood that, that Christ wants all of me. Maybe today you would say, I want to surrender my life. And I understand that my sin is what stands between me and God, and I want to surrender my life to him today. And Chuck and Mary are back there at our decision station. They would love nothing more than to help you understand fully what that looks like. If you don't have a Bible, because people give of their treasure, we have some Bibles back there for you to be able to take one home and to treasure that, to spend time in it. If you're here and you'd say, man, I want to get connected, Charles is back there. If you're here today and say, man, next week, I want to get my baptism on the right side of the cross, and we can do that next week. We'd love nothing more than for any of those things to be things that you would jump into. So God, today, would you speak into our lives in regards to our time, in regards to our talents, in regards to our treasure, so that we can really and truly live our lives more giving than just always receiving or always trying to make our own kingdom bigger and better than somebody else's or for those who've really been trying, even bigger than yours. It's never gonna happen. We can't outgive you. We can't outserve you. We can't outlove you. So help us today just to surrender all three of those areas of our lives to you so that we can give more freely to see people come to know you left and right. We love you, we trust you, and it's in your name that we pray it all. Everybody said, amen.